0: Talk Live, your show. You bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line tonight. It is Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online. FreetalkLive.com is the place to go. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is FreetalkLive.com. We're going to go right to your phone calls and talk to Brody in Utah. Brody, you're on the amp line. Good evening. Good
1: evening. Yeah, I just uh, was wanted to call in and uh add some more comments to your discussion that you were having Saturday about uh, drinking and driving. Sure. Um now uh, I I, I want to make sure I'm clear on your positions. Now I think Mark was for laws against drinking and driving and and Ian I I thought you were kind of on the fence.
0: I uh, – to, to clarify my point, uh, what I was saying is that I I agree with Mark Crivelli from LewRockwell.com who was pointing out that the current governmental system of uh, enforcement and laws that have to do with drinking and driving are actually making the problem worse. They're encouraging more people to drink and drive. They're encouraging people to do it in a more – even a more dangerous fashion – and i think that uh, those those laws need to go away i think that if you want to have a road law if there is if there needs to be a government which i don't think there should be but if there is going to be a small government then i think that it's sufficient to simply say that dangerous driving should be uh what is uh, again the law um you know whether that's being drunk or whether it's be uh being tired or you know not looking at the road i mean anything that would cause you to drive dangerously is i think the issue okay
1: well, just a couple of points that I wanted to add to the uh, debate or discussion. Uh, first of all, drinking and driving involves no victim. That's right. Uh, as such, uh, anyone that's pro-drinking uh, and driving laws has to impose some kind of arbitrary punishment on these people. Um, and as to what uh, that punishment should be, it's impossible to decide since there's no victim to claim uh, there needs to be restitution. Mm-hmm. Uh, to control the behavior, really, you would have to impose – you could impose a – $100,000 fine or five years in jail or even death, and that would probably eliminate the, uh, the crime almost completely. Oh, I don't, I don't know about so. that.
2: No, I mean, there's really, there's really not a lot of evidence that uh, increase, that arduous penalties Punitive. Uh, but, yeah. you know, actually do much to, to stop the behavior. But, um, okay. Go ahead.
0: I mean, if that well, were true, then people wouldn't be dealing drugs in the countries in which the drug dealing brings death.
1: I would give you that. I would grant you that. I I I think uh, the higher the penalty would I think there's probably some good evidence that it would reduce the behavior maybe. The I the know. DUI you know, penalties
0: are pretty draconian today. Uh if you get more than one D, first of all, one DUI is pretty awful uh, to to one's life's record uh, as far as just being able to move ahead and 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 have, you know, something clean on your record, but then more than one DUI is really bad. I mean, things get pretty uh, destructive. They take away driver's licenses. Sometimes you'll get taken away your uh, driver's license in the first place, which just makes life a whole lot more difficult for the person who was drinking and driving, Uh, punitive fines, incarceration. It's pretty heavy duty right now, and you still have people getting their third, fourth, fifth DUI. And of course, it keeps getting worse the uh, the more you get.
1: Okay. Yeah, and that's true. My my main point is is that it it has to be it's an arbitrary punishment uh, given that there's no victim. And I would think as a as a principal libertarian peop, libertarians would be against any kind of victimless uh crimes. Um but the other the other main point the other point I really would rather uh, really wanted to talk about is the uh, statistics used by the uneducated mothers against truck driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever looked at them, but uh they they talk about pretty much how many people who are uh have alcohol in their system and get in an accidents um well if you have 60% of the population who are white uh, you know caucasian and driving you would expect 60% of accidents to involve whites yeah you would so you know does that mean we should make driving and whites illegal um obviously not um the other thing that they don't uh, account for in their statistics is they just say how many people with alcohol in their systems get into accidents. They don't differentiate between uh, whether they're the victim or the actual one to cause the accident. Yeah, that's correct. You you
0: could have, uh, and you're right, it's a very sneaky tactic on their part, and it really just belies the entire organization as a bunch of dishonest uh, thugs. And basically, if you've got a carload of kids, let's say 21 or 20-year-olds, they've all been out drinking, Yours completely sober, you drive them home, somebody else is drunk and or somebody else is sober and you just happen to get into an accident. So two sober drivers getting into an accident was was involved. uh, Yeah, alcohol is involved in that. And so therefore, it would be counted in their statistics.
1: Exactly. So in reality, there is no... uh Causal evidence to suggest that drinking and driving increases one 's chance of causing an accident
0: well, wait a minute i don 't know about that <laughs> i mean it, depending on I guess it depends on how much you drink i mean if you go out and you drink six beers i 'm going to say that there 's a real good chance you 're more likely to have an accident
1: ah but see that that 's the fallacy right there because people who go out and drink six beers or let 's say ten beers they 're going to be driving twenty miles an hour and they usually have their hand, both their hands on the steering wheel, and they're trying to drive
0: as well. Uh, I think safe it all depends. Can. Mark made this point last night, and he was absolutely right. It depends on who you're talking about. I mean, there's a very good chance that uh, the person you're talking about, instead of driving very carefully, well, that's an option. Somebody who may be a well, well aware of where they are, with the amount of drinks they have in them, and how inebriated they are, may be very very cautious. I believe that is possible, but and we don't know how many people would act one way versus another. But there's another completely different way they could be acting, and that is pedal to the metal. That kind of drunk. Come on, man. Don't pretend like it's not out there.
2: Oh, wait. Before you go on, I mean, a guy guy who has some alcohol in him could probably say to himself, you know, I'm a little short tempered when I have alcohol, so perhaps I should keep my mouth shut in front of strangers and not pick bar fights. However, the fact is, we all know that some people, when they get drunk, go out and want to get in a fight.
1: But
0: again, but, again, that's
2: all hypothetical. No, it's not. There's, 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 <laughs> no, it's it, the kind of empirical to... data that you shouldn't just sweep under the rug because people think that what you're trying to do is support behavior that they don't, That that I mean, that, yeah. that's obvious to that's, them. I'm sorry. You that's... should not uh, just, just I, I understand where you're coming from in looking at the, the particular figures that you're looking at. You're right from the standpoint of a scientific analysis of those particular figures. However, what you sound like is a maniac. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, if, first of all,
0: it's not hypothetical at all. I mean, I've been uh, drink, uh, dry, uh, excuse me, biking while uh, inebriated a little bit, and I'm a little more reckless uh, when uh, when it comes to riding my bicycle. So, uh, I mean, I'm aware at least of how reckless I am, but, it, you know, it's fun to go a little fast and that sort of thing. So I can understand that there would definitely be the type of drinker out there who would be absolutely having himself a little joy ride uh, in his car. It, what the percentage is, I don't well, know. But to to brush well, that aside, Brody, is pretty dishonest, I think.
1: No, but it's not because using <laughs> your same argument, you could suggest that uh, men are more aggressive and therefore we should make it illegal for men to drive. Because, but I haven't you know, suggested we're, we're, anything we like we that. Have more I'm not
2: using get, that terminology. I'm so playing
1: a video game and get all pumped up on adrenaline. And yeah. I, I get out on the road and, and throw on some loud music and start, you know, Driving recklessly, when I say hypothetical, I mean there is no causal evidence to suggest that a- across the board that people who drink and drive are have more of a chance of causing an accident. So there's no way that it can be proven that it's more likely to occur that 's all i 'm saying
0: It would depend on the individual, so you're right across the board, not the case, but to say it's hypothetical that somebody's going to get out there. Woo! Yeah. And just uh, you know, pedal to the metal, screaming around corners. Uh, All you have no, to do is on. go
2: out on Friday night. Yeah, you'll find look them. at the drunks. You know, you will find talk a to some, go out on amateur to some night cops. and take a take a look around. Right. So, okay.
0: So what you're saying is it's not across the board that people would behave that way. You'd be correct about that. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are people that behave that way, whether it's five percent or twenty percent. And I'm not saying.
1: But there are people that behave that way regardless of whether they're. That's fine. That's they're why not. I'm
0: saying that it's driving dangerously that should be what's outlawed.
1: But why should driving dangerously be outlawed unless you're? Because ex- it's my I-
0: road, Brody, well, and I don't want dangerous drivers on my road.
1: But what if I'm what if I'm driving down a road that's in the middle of nowhere and I'm wor- weaving all around and there's nobody around? Who cares?
2: Well, then no one's going to know, right? So well, who cares? D- hold on, Brody. Um, here's my question to you. Is it um, if I pull a gun out and I stick it right in your face and I pull the trigger and it goes click? Have I committed a crime?
1: Ah, but see, I knew you were going to bring that up. Because <laughs> oh, yeah? Now you are threatening someone, and you you are. If I'm driving a car someone, straight that's at you, Brody. I said, there's no. If All there's right, no We're coming cars back. On the road, hang on, Brody. Hang on. Eight hundred
0: two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the Saecal C A I toll free line. I don't. I'm not targeting drunk drivers here. I think it's dangerous drivers that are the problem. And if you're out in the middle of nowhere. Tear it up, man. Who cares? No right. one's around. No More cop catch up. you. It's Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. And you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in. Toll free 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. It's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We have archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website. For your download and convenience at freetalklive.com. And Audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. Listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. Audible had uh, has rather over 60,000 titles from which to choose. And in every genre, Audible has it covered. Get your free audiobook download when you sign up today at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. You need that slash FTL in there. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL for your free audiobook Uh, Brody called in from Utah to start things out here tonight with the continue the discussion from Saturday night's talk about drunk driving and how I think that it should be, well, first of all, I think roads should be owned privately, and I think private road owners should be able to set whatever kind of rules they want. But if I owned a road, I wouldn't want dangerous drivers on my road. I wouldn't want dangerous drivers putting other drivers in jeopardy. So I don't care if you're drunk or if you're tired or what your deal is, if you're not safe that's when I have an issue. So, Brody, I'm not trying to say that people who've been drinking should stay off the roads. I think you're right, that there are people who can drink and who can drive safely. I think there are people that can drink, be a little inebriated, and realize and compensate, slow down, as you were suggesting, and drive safer. Of course, in the current world, the police will pull you over if you're going too slow. So, again, that kind of encourages people to go quickly. And of course, you can't sleep in your car. Well, that encourages people to get in, actually drive instead of just sleeping it off. So we've got some real problems with the existing system. But I'm not saying that drinking and driving should be illegal. You were trying to make a point, though, when we went to break.
1: Okay. Yeah. And I think uh, I think I understand your position more. I think uh, there's just a definition of dangerous that you're using. <clears throat> yes, my
0: definition uh, is arbitrary.
1: Well, no, no. I, I think what I, I, I what your definition of dangerous is if you are endangering other people. What yes, you're, what you're saying, and I, I would agree with that. And 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 uh, addressing Mark's point, well, you know, putting a gun at someone and, and pulling a trigger and it not not clicking or not not firing, well, that is obviously involving a victim. And if someone's drinking and driving and swerving around the road and swerving into other people that are driving, you know, not necessarily hitting them, but they have to move, then that obviously there's victims in that scenario. And so I would, I would it doesn't think matter
0: this. if there are victims in that scenario. What you're saying is that there are people that are being threatened – but exactly. uh, but I, it, that doesn't matter for me as the road owner, I don't want there necessarily to have to be someone around for me to be able to stop someone who's obviously dangerous i mean even if it's, even if it's my road and there's only one guy on it at that time and he's weaving all over the place, I'm going to say, hey, I don't want that kind of behavior here because you know uh, twenty feet later, there could be somebody else pulling onto the road and uh being you know being put in jeopardy at that point. But if it's your road and, you you know, you want to go crazy and there's nobody around, then right on. Right.
1: And, and in that scenario, I think uh, – I definitely think uh, property owners get to make their own rules. And if they want to kick someone off their property that they think is dangerous, then I don't think there's any problem with that.
0: Okay. Anything else on your mind tonight, Brody? No, nah, that would be it. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Good discussion. We continue with Steve in British Columbia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Steve. Steve, British Columbia, going once – Steve in BC, going twice. We'll try Ziggy. Hi, guys. Yeah, I just uh, –
3: your your line just transferred me to you. We got you. How are you guys doing?
0: Just good. What's on your mind?
3: I was calling uh, to carry on a conversation that you guys were having a few weeks ago about persuasion, persuading people to the liberty mindset. Yes, sir. Uh, Just to recap what had happened a couple of weeks ago, you were talking to a caller in particular about – I believe, Ian, you were talking to a caller in particular about – This caller had encountered somebody who said uh, that government is the best way to help poor people, uh, and they engaged in what the caller called an argument. And you said it's best to not approach it as an argument, but rather try to persuade the person and find uh, common ground that you can agree on first uh, before you proceed. And, And for something like that, it might be best to say, Uh, from a liberty mindset, to say to the person who's in favor of government helping the poor, to say to them, um, well, listen, if I could convince you that uh, the free market system is the best way to help the homeless, would you then agree with me that uh, a free market system is is better and preferable? Uh, And if the person won't even agree to that, then they're not worth engaging in with debate, they're being stubborn, they're being narrow-minded. Do I did I recap that correctly? It's,
0: cl- it's close to what I said, yeah.
3: Okay. My question then to you, Ian, is if I could convince you that uh, a government socialist system is the best way to help uh, poor people, and I could convince you of that point, would you then change your mind and think that socialism is fantastic
0: you, you would have to convince me that it's uh, somehow morally acceptable to initiate force on people in order for me to come around to that
3: well forgetting tr- about forgetting about the forgetting about the, uh, the morality of it
0: i can't forget for, about the morality of it i can't forget about the morality of it because that's the core issue right that's, if you if you
2: in this case where you're talking about convincing someone um that you know they they've stated that their issue is helping poor people and so you're addressing their issue. Ian is stating that the issue that he wishes to address is not about the poor people, but about the morality of initiating force.
0: And to that question, if you're going to ask me, well, if I could show you that it's, it's right to initiate force or that it's, it's you know, more efficacious uh, to initiate force, I would tell you that I don't care. You know, Whatever you're going to show me at that point, I'm not interested because I don't want to initiate force. I don't want to aggress against my peaceful neighbors. So, I we wouldn't be able to go any further with that conversation if you were trying to persuade me to drop the ideas of liberty and embrace the ideas of aggression.
4: Okay. Fair
5: so, enough. yes,
0: I'm a bit intolerant of aggression, I guess you could say that. Uh, understandable. Any other thoughts tonight?
4: I, no,
3: no that's all as it as it happens. There's no way for me to convince you but that uh the socialist system is a better way to help support people because it's not. It was just a devil's advocate question. Yep.
0: That's all. Very good, sir. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing Thank from you. Thank you. Yep. 800 259 9231. In fact, I got the latest episode, or uh, I guess edition rather, of the Liberator Online, which is a publication that comes out, I think, every other week from the Advocates for Self-Government at theadvocates.org. That's their website. Sharon Harris, whom we've had on this program in the past, is uh, one of the regular contributors as the president of the Advocates for Self-Government. And she actually talks about one of the many excellent persuasive techniques that you'll find in, I think it's Michael Cloud's book that really outlines a lot of these things. And it's called The Ransberger Pivot. And I'll tell you more about it coming up here. Let's go to first, though, to Ziggy in the U.K. You're on Free Talk Live. Ziggy.
5: Hi guys. Um, uh, it was um it was when Gavin, my mate Gavin, uh, suggested that um dangerous dri- uh, but drink driving should be incorporated into one law, of dangerous driving. He got into trouble, mm-hmm. if you remember.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's not very politically popular to suggest no, it's not <laughs> such things. Anyways,
5: I have news on Gavin. Yes. Um, Gavin has um, become a member of the Libertarian Party here, and. Because in our political system you can uh, basically cross the aisle without um, having to get re-elected, um, he has become now the Libertarian Party's first elected official.
0: Right, because your friend is a like a city councillor or selectman or whatever they're called over there, right?
5: Um, yeah, he's, a, he's a, a city
0: councillor. Well, congratulations um, to the, uh, the LP. It sounds like they've managed to do, do something that the... Uh, I think the American LP, I don't know if they've successfully elected a city councillor yet. Thanks, Ziggy, for the call. I haven't haven't, uh, elected him. Oh, okay. Well, he was already, I don't really know what the situation is, but I thank you for the call. We're going to move on. More on the way here. You take control. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Your
3: Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Carnation Evaporated Milk, the cooking milk that makes life richer. For rich and creamy recipes, visit us at thecookingmilk.com. We all have our roster of recipes, but eating the same dishes over and over becomes boring. Instead of throwing them out and starting from scratch, play with different ingredients to give new flavor to old standards. Try Thai spices instead of your usual Italian seasonings. That just might do the trick. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
0: This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. It's the Sickle CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free. They include archives. If you've missed a moment, you
2: can just click and download. Front page of the website, freetalklive.com. Right now, Jason Osborne and a crew of Liberty Lovers are out in the, the woods in Michigan filming their new zombie movie that's uh, being put out by Think Twice News at thinktwicenews.com. And, uh, I, you know, it should be an exciting time up there, and I'm kind of wishing I could be there with them. But um, as Sekel, You could have. Yeah. But, you want to take a week off from yeah, work. That's really the issue. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Jason Osborne's the, the, the main sponsor of the show, and I, uh, uh, his company, SACL CAI, if you need help with collections, they do it. They're the top banner at freetalklive.com on the right hand side.
0: Yes, indeed. We continue with your calls uh, to Cameron in Pennsylvania. You're on Freetalk Live on the amp Hello, Cameron.
2: Hey, guys. How are you tonight?
0: What's happening? What's on your mind?
6: No, not too much. I wanted to call to ask you and maybe your listeners for a little bit of advice. Certainly. Uh, so I uh, I work, I went to school for film and, and video, that's the industry I work in, and you know, I live in Philadelphia, I've called in before, um, and I worked, I graduated about three years ago, and I worked full-time for about a year and a half until beginning of last year, and I lost my job because, you know, the economy wasn't great, and we were, you know, we were real slow and and such, and I kind of took a lot of time afterwards and looked for full-time. I was really, a lot of people I know do freelance work because that's big in the film industry anywhere you go is freelance work Mm -hmm. and I really wanted full-time and I really took my time and I kept looking and kept looking and I had one interview and no luck and then I went through a time where I had some personal problems and I kind of didn't really look for jobs and then I finally came around and doing it again and I was like, it's time to freelance. So at the end of last year I did all kinds of freelance, I was getting by, I was making good money and this year came and you know, this economy, it's it's just dead again and uh, you know, every time I've figured I'm pretty down and out, I get just enough freelance work to keep me going again, but I'm at the point now where I'm looking for full-time in video or in any anything else, and, I, you know, I'm looking even to be like, you know, a regular job to be a waiter or something. I've just started a job as a cook at a restaurant, I know, and I'm just having really bad luck looking for a job, and I don't know if anyone, if you guys or anyone out there has any advice. I mean, I've, I applied to a job to uh, work at a food service place, and they didn't hire me, and you know, I was wondering why my mother who owns food service place said, Well, you know, they saw you had a college degree and worked in another industry and they probably know the minute you get a job in the industry you're gonna be gone, they don't the wanna hire you. Yeah. So it's kinda of like, damned if I do, damned if I don't because I have the experience it's hard to get
0: regular. Well, maybe jobs. you should and, maybe you should dumb your uh dumb your application down a little bit. Maybe you should just not <laughs> put down that you've been to school if you're trying right, to get a right. job like that first uh, yeah, so so are you asking for help in finding video work because you're probably going to no, know no, more just, about just that any, thing.
6: just any advice in finding a job you know it's like at this at this point in this economy and you know working you know i I would like to take more classes and and learn. More aspects of video or something else. But well, there's I don't some. Really have the money I mean, there's some that.
0: no-brainer kind of basics here that I guess maybe for some people aren't so basic. I'm not saying you aren't aware of these things, but for right, our listeners, right. for our listeners' sake, Mark, let's just go through some basics of uh, you know job applications. What's going to set you out uh, above and beyond the other applicants? Because right now, uh, Julia, for instance, my girlfriend works at a uh, restaurant mm-hmm. chain, and they are getting so many applications, they really do get to pick the you know the cream of the crop uh, because right, there are right, a lot of, of people course. that are competing for it. So you've got to set your above and beyond uh, one of the ways of course is to look sharp you know don't come in looking you know wearing jeans or whatever mm-hmm. take those pieces of metal out of your face that's one oh, too I have,
6: I have no piercings i wear just I have saying a, you know
0: it's a
2: general I advice wear, man. when i
6: go to when i go to film film job interviews i wear a full-on three-piece suit and when i go to other interviews i try to you know i don't want to dress too fancy but i, I dress the part i you have, have a vest
2: read. what's that you have a vest uh, yeah, I do have a three-piece suit, actually. You've got to be <laughs> kidding me. Don't wear a three-piece suit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unless these people want to buy, um, hire their grandfather. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, bring your own pen. This is one I didn't know when I was, when I was younger. Yeah, a of bring a pen, it. man. Uh, that's one I didn't know, and that shows that you're prepared for the interview. You don't have to ask the interviewer or the HR person, human resources person, for, uh, for a pen. Uh, let's see. So look sharp, cover up your tattoos, take the metal out of your face, bring a pen. When they
2: ask um, you the question, um, you know, what, what do you think is uh, your worst uh, quality as an employee? Say that perpetu- perhaps you're a bit too impetuous. You might be um, you know, more likely to take action than to sit around and wait for orders.
6: That does sound about right.
2: Uh,
0: Follow up once you've actually put the applications in. uh, Give them a little bit of time. I don't know what the appropriate amount of time is, maybe a week, something like that, and then call them back or better yet go back in. And and maybe you, you know can get show your, the gatekeeper show your face again to whoever it is that uh, you you'd applied to, and that way they know that oh. you think that their job is important enough. And thank as you notes
2: um, after the interview go directly to the uh, you know the the store. It doesn't matter you know go to Walmart where you can get the fifty cent cards. That's or if whatever. you get an interview. Oh yeah, definitely, absolutely, send at, thank you cards. Yep, at, the, at the interview, take the person's business card, fill it out. You know, look at the you know make sure you get the address exactly right. Send it on there. Send the uh, send the card off to them. And uh, because they're not going to get another thank you card.
6: It's true. Now I've been sending those one piece advice. I'll give everyone else out there that I did learn. It's good to follow up. Just don't follow up too much.
2: <laughs> Sometimes I have followed up, uh, you know, and, and been scolded for my following up. However, yeah, it, was for, it was for a sales job, and I'm just not going to be scolded for following up too often on a sales job. Right. Please. Right. Right. Yeah, sorry. Scold me all you wish. That's my job to get scolded. So I, I can't say that
0: I'm an expert at this because I've only had two jobs in my entire life and right, so am right. not but I do I do know that those are some of the basics and let's throw the question out there to you, the listener, if you want to add into this conversation eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. What would be particularly valuable is if you do hiring. Are you a uh, you know human resources person at your workplace? Do you see different people coming in and applying for jobs? And what works? You know what works with you? What is it that's persuasive with you for the position that you're looking to fill? That is something that I'd love to hear tonight at 800-259-9231. And also just tips from people that have had a lot of experience applying for and successfully getting jobs. So what are what are we missing? I'm sure we're missing some some obvious. Stuff. I
2: think that the, in this in this economy. Um, my My opinion would be canvassing. I would have my resume uh, put out in all these different places, filling out applications, things like that don 't
0: just hit two places per day, hit yeah. every place all day long that you
2: possibly you know, can I can feel your pain on this one i wouldn 't dumb down my resume. Um, at all. I, I personally would tell them everything that uh, is going on with me. But but if know, he's been rejected explicitly I because I he's... understand, I get it. I but...
0: mean, no, nobody said that. But
6: like I said, my mom works oh, in I the see. restaurant industry, industry too, and of course she's kind of like, well, same thing. If someone comes into me with a college degree and they're working in another industry, I don't hire them because I know the minute they get that job, they're out. You know, sure, it's probably illegal in the, for in them the doggy to say
2: that. dog huge world of the uh, the film industry in Philadelphia. For God's sakes, if yeah, I'm hiring you, well, food that's service. The thing. And I've
6: I've looked I've gone I have friends in New York I apply in New York I use their address because if you don't live in New York they don't want to hear from nope. you so I use the New York address and still it's like I've got I've got a couple interviews there but still it's like. Yeah, I mean anywhere you go the film industry's tough, but especially, you know, in Philadelphia it's smaller than most places, but in New York it's not too far, but in New York everybody's there, so it's
2: like if you're willing to well, wait tables, man, pound those uh resumes out, uh, you know, get get to uh, fill out applications, somebody's going to hire you. Yeah. Um, I just I refuse to I understand that maybe you filled out a couple and it didn't work out, but it is a down economy and there they do have course, a lot of people of applying.
0: People are still going out to eat. I mean, whether you can get a waiting job or a job at food service uh, in, in just some way those are jobs that have high turnover rates. I mean, there. Right, you, right. you you look at any restaurant, you're going to see those servers turn over. Most of them are probably going to turn over within a year, and I that's just based on my rare, uh, you know, my experience in just being a, somebody that knows some restaurateurs. I'm oh, sure. Oh no,
6: absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And I've I've talked to restaurants with people I know, and you know, same thing. They turn over so quick. The problem is, I've never. The only experience I have is as a busboy like
0: 10 years ago. So. But you don't, don't need a lot of ex- a you waiter. don't need a lot of experience. I mean, no, the, wait tables,
2: be... uh, the wait tables is all it is is attitude.
0: Uh, yeah, well, unless right, you're right. going for some sort of hoity-toity restaurant where the you know <clears> the check <throat> is going to be fifty dollars per per person at the table, uh, that's the kind of place that's going to be very very selective about who they hire. Um, if you're just going to work at Friendlies or something like that, some chain place, right, they're not really going to care that much. And
6: let, let me put this one other question to you guys up there. I've obviously. Um... You know, I subscribe to the same beliefs that you guys do, and I'm good friends with, uh, you know, Adam in New York, who wants to move to New Hampshire eventually. What's the job market like in New Hampshire at all for any, like, any industry? I mean, what's it... You know, I've considered that. Like, maybe I'll just get a job in New Hampshire and move
0: to the free state. Well, yeah, I you... hear it's
2: better. Um, and I don't know too much about it. And that's all I can say is right. We're mm-hmm. not
0: looking for jobs up here, so we don't personally have the experience right, with it. But course, there are course. plenty of food service. You know, the regular r- retail slash food service jobs are plenty up here. Uh, there's supposedly a lot of tech jobs in the the Nashua and uh, the, that kind of more populated area. So the economy in New Hampshire is much stronger than the rest of New England. There's no doubt about that. Good luck out there, and thanks. If you've got uh- tips for Cameron, dial in. It's free free. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, Ian with you. And Mark. Inviting you to our website. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You just enter Amazon through that link and you'll know where you are. It's the world's largest internet retailer. You'll see the great prices, the free Super Saver shipping, everything you're familiar with. It's the same great Amazon. It's just that you're entering through our little portal, amazon.freetalklive.com. And when you do that, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of anything that you buy, even if it's used. So get your shopping done. Get the stuff that you need for life and the stuff you want, too, at amazon.freetalklive.com. So Cameron had called in uh, from Pennsylvania. He's having a tough time finding work. He's a film major, and I guess work's drying up there because of the economy. And so he's decided that it's time to break down and take whatever so he's even applying at food service positions. and
2: Right. And I've got to say, you know, kudos to him for doing it. Um, you know, it's, I, I, it's great to get a job in the industry that you want to. If you get a job that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. However, you've got to step up and get the job. Sitting around mom's house or whatever it is that yeah. uh, one might do, uh, you know, it's just not cool. You've got to have work.
0: So he was asking for some tips as far as how to make this process a little bit more effective, um, how to increase his likelihood of getting a job, and because he's been striking out so far. And so we kind of went down some basics, and if you've got some ideas – would love to have you add them in here. Perhaps you work in uh, human resources or perhaps you've just you know, had some experience and success at, at applying for jobs. We'd love to hear from you at 800-259-9231. But you know, some of the basics that we went over was looking looking sharp, bring your own pen. Uh, what else Mark? Uh, look sharp, bring your own pen. Uh, you want to follow up on the applications. Send uh, thank you notes. Send thank you notes. That's one. And so I was talking with Julia during the break to see what she would say as somebody who actually does hiring. She says the first two things she looks for are experience and availability. So in a low level kind of anybody job, experience certainly is going to put you above somebody else. But if you've got availability, that could be a big factor. And and she said that was pretty important to her. She said, if you come in and you say you can only work from eight to five Monday through Friday, you're probably not going to get a phone call. You know you want to be available whenever that particular company needs you to, uh, to to work if you're if you need a job that bad you need to have the availability that uh, will will be flexible enough for them to look at you as an option
2: yeah you know I mean, if you've got if all things are, remain equal between two applicants and one of them is a is available um, between 9 a.m and 5 p.m., Monday through Friday, and the other one says, hey, I'll take the job anytime. I'll go where, anywhere I need to be. Weekends, whatever. Right. I'll work on holidays. It doesn't matter. Overnights, Which one are you going
0: to hire? Yeah.
2: Because, I mean, you can already tell that between the two applicants that, you know, one, one wants the job more than the other.
0: So, uh, oh, and here's another one. She Something else she suggested was that you actually introduce yourself. So when you're going in to apply, to get the application, instead of just... Getting it from whoever the kid is running the customer service counter or whatever, you ask for the manager, introduce yourself, and that way you're making that, that personal connection to when the manager is actually looking at the application, maybe they'll remember you. Something. It's an idea. 800 259 9231. So share your suggestions, your tips if you've got them. Meantime, uh, Sharon Harris at the Advocates for Self Government. Is going to explain to us the Ransberger pivot, and I think we've talked about this particular technique in the past, but I didn't recall what the actual name for it was. Uh, we had someone call in earlier this hour talking about persuasion techniques, and there are different ones out there, and some of them are, you know, some some of them are more effective than others in different circumstances. So take this and use it when you can, because it's a pretty good one. Sharon says, "Ouch! Libertarians sometimes get hit with hostile questions from people who don't understand the ideas of liberty and free markets." Mention free markets ending the war on drugs or replacing government schools with private alternatives, for example, and some people will go ballistic. They'll think you're crazy or have evil intentions or both, and they'll let you know it. End government welfare? Do you hate the poor? Make drugs legal? Do you want our streets filled with crazed addicts and criminals? No government schools? Do you want a nation of illiterates? Don't you care about our children? Sound familiar? Sound familiar? It's easy for a conversation to quickly degenerate from here into a shouting match or a meaningless exchange of slogans and rhetoric. But there's a far better way to respond. Use the Ransberger Pivot. The Ransberger Pivot is one of the most effective communication tools I know. Invented in 1982 by Ray Ransberger and Advocates founder Marshall Fritz, the Pivot is a great way to diffuse hostility and get the questioner on your side. The Ransberger Pivot's quite simple, but it doesn't come naturally. It does take some practice. But the payoff makes it well worth the effort. There are three steps to the pivot. Step one, stay calm and listen to what the questioner is asking. And and just good listening is a is something worth practicing on its own. Just step one on its own. Good listening is something worth practicing. People don't – this is one of those things they don't teach you in government schools. That is, I think, very useful in life, whether it's – getting a job or whether it's just communicating with your loved ones or your friends listening is very important it's an art it's a skill that uh, that needs to be practiced because a lot of times when someone is is supposedly listening to you they're really just thinking of what they're going to say next and if you're if you're busily thinking about what you're going to you know spew out of your mouth after the other person shuts theirs you're not really listening you know you should be able to after someone says something to you you should be able to say it back to them something like Well, if I'm understanding you correctly, what you just said is blah, blah, blah. And then you basically rephrase in your own words what they'd said to you. And that shows to the person that you're listening to that you're actually paying attention. And if you get it wrong, that's okay. Maybe you'll miss a point. That means that you are at least doing your best – to try to understand what they were saying to you, and by you recounting or recapping what they've said, even if you make a mistake in what you, your interpretation was, that allows them to say, no, oh, no, no, that's not what I meant. What I, what I meant was this. So it allows them to uh, identify where they may have miscommunicated or where you may have misheard and correct that information.
2: So good listening, very important thing. Step, would you agree with that, Mark, as a uh, salesman? Yeah, absolutely, uh, and need to do that, and that, you know, it, it, it shows people that you're you know, mirroring them and care about them.
0: Step two of the Ransberger Pivot, after you've uh, stayed calm and listened to the questioner, ask yourself what the person is really concerned about. What does he really want? Make an intelligent guess. Step three, if you want the same thing, and 99% of the time you will, you know, whether it's helping the poor... Uh, whether it's feeding, whether it's uh, helping kids that need educating, that sort of thing. Who doesn't want a clean environment, clean air, clean water? Who doesn't want kids to be educated? So this is what the issue is, right? This is what people want. It's just that they believe that government is the appropriate way to, uh, to get the the to only their goals. Way. Step three is if you want the same thing, strongly express your desire for the same outcome. Show your questioner that you share the same core values on the issue. So here are a couple of examples of the Ransberger pivot in action. The questioner says, you libertarians want to get rid of public schools, don't you? What about our children? You ask yourself, what is this person really concerned about? What is it that he wants? Well, obviously he wants children to be educated. That's a great goal. You want this too, don't you? Yes. So you respond something like this. Like you, I too want to live in a world where all children are educated. In fact, where children have access to a far better education than they have now.
2: Right. Uh, you can toss in a little statistic that the you know, the, that we've you know had on the air here recently, um, that 20 percent of students that graduate from public school graduate functionally illiterate. So it is, in fact, uh, you know, the government school is turning out one out of five students who can't really read. Can't we do that without government school?
0: And then you could ask one of those questions, like our caller earlier was talking about. You can turn it right back into, well, if I could show you that, uh, if I could show you a way to better educate kids than what we currently have, would you be interested in learning about that? Well, sure. Uh, but that the pivot is just to to basically say you agree with what they their goal is, and uh, and then you're expressing the desire for that that same outcome, and then you go on the in the process of persuading them, hopefully, to your side. She says that instead of immediately launching into a disagreement, you, you, know, you bypassed a potential argument and instead established a strong common ground with your questioner, so therefore you found agreement and shared values. Now you can go on to a constructive discussion of the best ways to achieve the end you both agree is worthwhile. Of course, you then need to have a good answer to the question. You need to know the facts, in this case a persuasive case for why the private sector offers the best opportunity to dramatically improve education. But the Ransberger pivot is a vital transition or a prelude to the actual answer. It plays a crucial role by diffusing hostility and thus making your questioner and other listeners more ready to hear your answer with an open mind. Remember, when people ask hostile questions, they're often, uh, they often are questioning your motives. They assume you disagree with their concerns. They think that you have different values, and they may even believe you have bad intentions. The Ransberger pivots, a kind of verbal judo or aikido. It takes the steam out of the hostility by demonstrating that you share the questioner's concerns. This, in turn, offers the opportunity for rapport. Your listeners are then more likely to pay attention to your answer, and you increase your chance of persuading them to your
2: point. You. and you also don't get stuck in that uh, the, the the mire of debates some people want to debate you they, <laughs> they don't care about what's right or what's wrong they just want to debate you have debates do. don't solve anything
0: no doubt about it so if you like that there's more at the advocates.org I highly suggest their Liberator online bi-weekly
2: email hour two's coming up you bring up anything free talk live have you heard of the Millionaire Patriot you should. He has a free handgun and five days of firearms training waiting for you. That's right, you can attend five days of world-class gun training at Front Sight Firearms Training Institute and secure a 30-state concealed weapon permit, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Now is the time you and your family need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Sight provides such training without any boot camp mentality or drill instructor attitudes and the millionaire patriot is paying his own money to help you get it this is real thousands have already taken advantage of it and you should too don't miss out secure a front site defensive handgun course plus 30 state concealed weapon permit for pennies on the dollar and get your free handgun go to Frontsite.com today that's f-r-o-n-t-s-i-g-h-t.com go to Frontsite.com for your training and free handgun
0: This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. We've got a UK socialized medicine nightmare story coming up for you. But first, we go to your phone calls, and Tom is in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Tom in New Yeah, Hampshire.
5: I just wanted to point something out. I heard on the Spanish channel on TV that uh, there's a movement afoot to boycott the 2010 census. Oh, Among illegal aliens because, you know, in retaliation for the way the state governments are, like, refusing to issue them driver's licenses and stuff like that. And uh, denying them police protection because if they call the cops, of course then the cops will turn them over to the border patrol in some locations. Mm-hmm. And so, in retaliation for the way the state governments are treating the so-called illegal aliens, the illegal aliens can simply refuse to answer the census. And let, let's just—I don't say, really see they, how that's
0: in any way retaliating. Um, but I support anybody who refuses the census. I plan on refusing it.
5: Well, the thing is, if Uh, one percent of the population of a state is so-called illegal aliens and that state has 10 congressional districts then there's like a one out of 10 chance that this boycott will happen to be what puts them under and now they're down to nine you know it depends on the distribution uh you know kind of a random where it's going to fall within uh, at the, is it just barely enough to have 10, or is it plenty to have 10? There's a 10% chance. I don't,
0: really, I don't that, really see that, what the relevance is of, of that. I mean, who cares? They, they'll
5: lose, they lose a congressional seat so? because these people didn't answer the census. And th- so that what? hurts the state. Well, the state bureaucrats don't want to lose a congressional seat. They have lawsuits against the other state that's going to pick up a uh, – and it goes to the U.S. Supreme Court automatically. Because you know what I'd like a, to say, Tom. Uh, I appreciate that you called.
0: I appreciate that you said they're so-called illegal immigrants because I think it's I think it's an insult to call anybody illegal simply because they're human beings, and that's what they that's all that's all they
2: are. And it's an important issue that Tom's bringing up. I don't know that it uh, you know that strategically there's of any value in getting your state to have fewer or more congressional seats. However, um, yeah, just I, one more thug. I can less. see why it would, uh, you know, perhaps motivate some uh, state employees to, uh, you know, recognize real people as real people. But I think, by and large, uh, you, you can't communicate with people on this uh, issue of xenophobia.
5: Yeah, because they're a bunch of, uh, I mean, these people will rally at City Hall and say, don't let them build that factory in our neighborhood because it would provide hundreds of jobs. And then when they can't find a job, they blame it on the Border Patrol. They elect candidates who support public school, and then when the school taxes go up, they blame it on illegal aliens, and they tell Congress to hire more Border Patrol agents to keep their school taxes down instead of electing candidates who are against public school. You're yeah, right. they're
0: morons. The people who are, well, I don't know if they're morons, uh, and perhaps they're, they're just They're acting ignorant. moronically. Okay, that's fair enough. Uh, perhaps they are just ignorant on these issues. I think there's a lot of people in America that are very, very ignorant on the immigration issue. And I myself was, in, a long time ago, uh, ignorant on that issue. And I remember when I we were talking about the Advocates for Self-Government a few moments ago, I took the world's smallest political quiz years ago, and it was the immigration question that I didn't, answer yes to it's a series of questions you answer yes maybe or no and then based on your answers they they put you up on a chart and that shows you where you are if if you're a liberal or conservative or authoritarian or or libertarian and i was almost at the top of libertarian but i i wasn't quite there because i'd answered i think maybe or no to the uh, the immigration question and i said to myself well i've sworn an oath to you know to not aggress against my neighbors i need to find out what the story is with this immigration issue so for me it wasn't anything i shut out or or was uh, close-minded to it seeing that i wasn't in line with a, a liberty-oriented thought process on that issue gave me the necessary uh it, in a, gave me the motivation to go out there and learn more about it and then i did and now i'm you know fully in favor of letting peaceful people cross imaginary lines in the sand as long as as long as we're talking about public property, um, if it's private property, you, sh- you can keep whoever the hell you-, you want off your private property. That's up to you. But
5: one thing that they don't understand – see, they they'd try to view it as – Uh, they're coming into our house or they're coming into our land but no, 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 it's the collective idea that this country belongs to us but what about the rancher who wants to invite them into his or her ranch and they're not even going to trespass on the public roads they're going to fly them in with the crop dusting plane and land them on the crop duster landing strip and work those people on that ranch they're not even setting foot on anybody else's land or even on a public sidewalk and that, that still doesn't sit well with those people they look at it as our country instead of that person's ranch. Right. That's it's, the problem.
0: And I doubt they really understand the tragedy of the commons at all. I thank you for the call tonight, Tom. Good discussion, 800-259-9231. Mark, what is the
2: tragedy of the commons? Well, the tragedy of the commons is, uh, is all you have to do is go to a, a local park and take a look at the broken beer bottles and bottle caps and uh, you know shell casings and God knows what all over the place in the park because – it doesn't belong to anyone. Well, I know if they said it belongs to everyone. Right. If it's
0: owned by everyone, it's owned by no one, right? I mean, basically. Of course it is. I mean,
2: you know. Who's going to take, take care of it? Take a look at all the carvings in the uh, in the picnic tables and, you know, how these things are treated. It, yep. it doesn't belong to anyone. You can say it belongs to everyone, but it doesn't. Not right. really.
0: And if you actually try to use it as though it belongs to you, like one of uh, the activists did here in Keene, he announced that he was going to go and plant a garden in s- Central Square, which is, uh, again, public property. So the tragedy of the commons. He announced he was going to use what he thought was his property. I mean, it's his as much as it is anyone else's, right? But then the men calling themselves the city, uh, City of Keene, decided to come along and put him in hand, you know, a pair of handcuffs because he decided to use his property. So, no, it's not really... Everyone's property because there's one particular group of people that claims a a higher uh, that has a higher claim over it, I guess, because they're willing to use violence to to protect it. But generally, the concept of public property is is completely fallacious. If you want property to be uh, property to be taken care of appropriately, it needs to be owned by somebody who's responsible for its upkeep. Now, that doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to take care of it as best as anybody else might or maybe as, as well as you would do, but at least it will be owned by somebody and you could point to that person and say, well, if it looks like crap, it's his fault.
2: You know, I remember in the early days when we used to do this radio show in, in Sarasota, Florida on a uh, an uh, FM talker, we got scolded pretty good um, early on on this, because uh, both of us, both you and I, have been of the opinion that immigrants add value to this country ever since we started this radio show this is Absolutely. not a new opinion for us however it is a it is not a popular opinion um in the united states if you look at uh, the statistics 80% or something like that of people believe that you know, immigrants need to go through the process to get here. Once they get here, it's fine and dandy as long as they go through the process.
0: We've all else been molested. We, you should right. be molested, they too. They
2: haven't been molested, though. But the vast majority of uh, um, white nimrods out there have no idea. No, true. not the Not, the, not the, the tiniest little bit of how arduous, expensive, and difficult and arbitrary it is to deal with the immigration bureaucracy in this country. And... To be honest, they don't care because they don't want them here. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: it's uh, a cover in, in many cases for, for hatred and bigotry.
2: Well, the, and, and, and protectionism. And the, fear. What, what, you can call it what you want, but, I mean, it's, it's to make their life better. If there are fewer people in this country, if there was only – if you're on a desert island, there's only one plumber, that plumber can charge whatever he wants. Yeah. And that's what they want. They want as few as possible people in their the particular fallacy- arena
0: to – the fallacy there, though, Mark, is that it doesn't really make their life better. It's an illusion in the same way that, okay, well, I guess to some extent in the short term it would, right? In the short term, they would have the monopoly. They would uh, get the guaranteed money that would be essentially the concomitant with having a monopoly on whatever service or uh, that they that they were offering. But in the long run they're all suffering. In the long run, you suffer because you aren't getting new blood into the economy, you aren't bringing new workers in to provide competition, and to every- lower the prices of the, the other things that you buy. These the other people- things you buy,
2: that's the point. Right. You buy everything else. You might be that plumber, but that plumber is buying everything else, and if you can protect, if you can keep the plumbers from coming in, you can keep the carpenters from coming in, the accountants from coming yeah. in, the, uh, the, the flamingo dancers from coming in, and everybody else. Flamingo. And uh, so, therefore, you have to pay more for accounting, carpentry, and flamenco dancing. I bet
0: that plumber really likes having cheap PVC that he can get his hands on to do install so he can mark it up a
2: whole lot. We can import that from India. Um, go to go to freetalklive.com, and you can uh, hear our video or the video validation by one of our uh, Shriners uh, that she does, uh, This Land is My Land, and it's oh, yeah, yeah. really pretty cool. Yeah, she
0: does a good job with that. That's at the Shrine of Female listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com. Her name's Hannah. All right, more on the way. You take control. This is... Free Talk Live. Talk Live, you can bring up whatever is on your mind. Just dial in, toll free. Number brought to you by SACL CAI. It is 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Into the email box. Oh, wait. uh, But first, uh, to tell you a little more about... Free Talk Live's website. We do have a Facebook profile, just so you know, at Facebook.freetalklive.com. That's Facebook.freetalklive.com.
2: Now is the time for you and your family um, that uh, you need to be armed and trained to levels that exceed law enforcement and military standards. Front Site provides you with such training without any boot camp mentality or drill stu- instructor attitudes. Secure a Front Site defensive handgun course plus 30, day, 30 state concealed weapon permit, and get a free handgun. Go to FrontSight.com today. That's FrontSight.com. I think it's a free handgun of your uh,
0: choice and caliber, right? That's correct. That's cool. Front Pretty sight, cool. FrontSight.com? Yes. S-I-G-H-T. All right. All right. 800-259-9231. Going to the email box. I uh, This guy wants to remain anonymous. He's got a story for us about a police encounter. So I'm a relatively new listener, maybe about a month now. At one point in time, I was a conservative Republican type, largely due to my upbringing. FTL has expanded my mind considerably, and I want to say thank you. On to the story. For the first time in my life, I told a cop to, in a way, piss off. I was headed to my car to go to the gym. As usual, I did a quick check around my car. When you live in an apartment, you run a higher than average risk of door dings, tire slashing, and general vandalism. Okay. Once the quick inspection was completed, I got into my car and noticed a police patrol coming through. No big deal. I like having them actually cruised a lot. At one point in time, it gave me a sense of security. I sat in my car, or as I sat in my car, and had a cigarette allowing the interior to warm up. He wrote this during uh, the wintertime. Uh, as I uh, allowed the inter- interior to warm, I saw the cruiser pass by with a cop hanging out, sidelight aimed at me. Now, snails have moved faster. All I could think was, he's running my plates. No big deal. Until he stopped and flashed his blue and reds. The officer then leaves his vehicle and approaches. He taps the window with the end of his flashlight and gestures me to roll down my window. Not unreasonable to me, yet. He asks for license and registration. I show him my registration and inform him my wallet is inside my apartment, which is not more than ten feet away. I informed him I'm just warming up my car. After all, it's something like twenty degrees outside. And here's the conversation as best as I can recall. Go inside and get your wallet. Well, I'd rather not. The vehicle isn't moving. Do I need my ID for being in a parked car that I own? Step out of the car, please. For what? It's cold. My plates are up to date. My car is in sound condition. I'm not moving, therefore violating no traffic law, nor am I parked in a handicapped space. A random search is to be done on your vehicle for, well, unless you have a standing warrant specifically for this car or myself, I will not leave my vehicle, nor will I allow a search. Do you have something to hide? Do I need to bring a K nine unit out here? Well, you can do what you want. My rights are subject to your approval. Don't be a smartass, son. Don't be a bully, officer. I will not be a tick. I will not be a ticket. He said, and I will not comply. I think he means pay. I will not pay a ticket, and I will not comply when you have no just cause. Well, I'll let you go with a warning. Well, for what? Questioning you on why I need to get out of my parked car? Do I need a parking license? You know I haven't been driving. You saw me get in. At that remark, he returned to his cruiser promptly and moved along, which tells me he was looking to issue a ticket for anything. The only thing that probably didn't get me a ticket was my cordial tone and emphasis on certain words. I don't know. I seemed like seemed like he was being pretty snippy with the cop. I don't know if that was cordial.
2: But. Well, I, I think that... Uh... We've said often uh, that the the bullies like to like easy prey. That's true. And uh, easy prey isn't smart. Um, it, this guy could very well have been an ACLU attorney. This this officer doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's you know <laughs> there's there's the one class of citizen that the cop does not want to run into. An attorney? Uh, well, especially specifically an ACLU attorney, but more generally an attorney.
0: Yeah. So as I ducked into my apartment after the car had warmed to grab my wallet and gym bag, the cruiser was sitting and waiting. I waved my wallet at him, gave him a smirk smile and pulled out. It must have pissed him off. He followed me for about seven to eight minutes en route uh, to the gym and finally gave up. I never have stood my ground with a cop before, ever. It would have never crossed my mind to do so before listening to Free Talk Live. Your show has shown me what liberty means in our modern society and the lack of it shown to the people. Anymore, I'd rather roll the dice on a BS ticket, which would be fought at the court date, or a beating than be hassled for nothing at all. Because, you know, that is a reality. If you're all alone and you're with a cop, you could have a rogue cop on your hands, and they could hurt you. I mean, there is that possibility.
2: But then again, they could hurt you anyway uh, if they want to. Well, what's the value in this case of uh, what the gentleman did? I, I, To me, I see the protagonist in this story. Believe me. I'm just... Taking another side here. Has he shown the cop the ideas of liberty? No. He's kind of put the servant in his place. However, many of the servants, especially the kind of servants that uh, would choose to become a law enforcement officer, especially the kind of law enforcement officer, it sounds like we're dealing in the antagonist role here in this story, are the kind of people that are not going to take well to being put in their place. In fact, what they're liable to do is the next time this comes around with the next person, they're liable to go after them even more thoroughly. Do you understand? Yes. Um, so what has he done for liberty in this case?
0: Oh, I don't know if he's done anything for liberty, but he's stood up for himself against the police. And I think that's true. For him, it's a personal victory.
2: Yeah, of, it's a value to, uh, to to show that you can stand up against uh, uh, you know the system to some extent. I don't know. When you take the ticket to, to court... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's it, the, the goal of traffic court is to get you extort money from you.
0: Yeah, but if you don't pay the ticket, then they don't get the money, right? I mean... Are you going to go to jail for it? Depends. Sometimes they might just suspend your license. Sometimes you'll get found not guilty, as we've seen happen here yeah. in New Hampshire. With Sometimes. There have been a, at least now a couple of different people, different activists across the state that have gone into court. There was a guy recently, uh, Bill Domenico, went in and spent an hour in court... Just asking all kinds of questions uh, to the to them, and I, the footage isn't out yet, but it's going to be out eventually, and I don't know where we'll be able to find it. But uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing what his tactics were. He was found not guilty on a speeding ticket, so it's not only just happened to one activist; it's happened more than once. If you let these folks know that it's going to cost them more to prosecute you and more to uh, come after you than it would to otherwise than they would otherwise get from you if you had been obedient, uh, then that you know that's. It makes them make change their decision, if it changed their
2: minds about how they're going to uh, to approach you. I think that uh, perhaps in court you can, you know, to some extent, you may get a judge that says, oh, "Yeah, it's probably not worth putting this guy in jail." Um, but at the very – at the same time, you may just get a judge that says, well, whatever. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm, that's true. I'm here I'm here for the safety of the public. Bam, guilty, $300 fine. And if you don't want to pay it, you can, get, you can work it off uh, six days in the county jail. That's a possibility,
0: and it's something that you have to understand and accept if you're going to do non-cooperation. You have to accept that you may end up behind bars. And that's that's okay because if more people start accepting that, if more people come to those uh, conclusions where, well, I'm just so fed up with this crap, I am willing to uh, to put up with whatever they want to put me through. I'm just not going to obey. I'm not going to pay them, and I'm not going to uh, to bow down. And I think it makes a difference over time. And I think you can make more of a difference if you're together with other like-minded people here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. I think it makes a it can make a permanent difference then as far as the the way these people behave. Just to give you an example, uh, the Outlaw Gardener we mentioned earlier in the show, Jesse, uh, here in Keene, who planted a garden without permission and uh, was arrested for it, they're not coming after him for the fine. They decided it would cost too much to go after him. So the fine has been waived. We're coming
2: up. Free talk. Hey, podcasters. FTL has a new advertiser with a somewhat unusual arrangement. They're paying us for people that... Fill out their online form for inspections for their basements. You won't believe how affordable a dry, usable basement can be, and FTL gets fifty bucks for everyone that fills out the online form at basement.freetalklive.com. Five hundred bucks off, a lifetime warranty, and a free water watch alarm. Just go to basement.freetalklive.com, click on free inspection and estimate in the upper right hand corner, fill out the online form, earn FTL fifty bucks.
0: The show is Free Talk Live. It is uh, yours if you want to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll free 800-259-9231. The number brought to you by SACL CAI 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those features, including the chat room. There are people in there. Usually, best time to find them is during the show, but it's open 24-7. Head over to chat.freetalklive.com. That's chat.freetalklive.com.
2: Well, for the last couple of months now, I've been taking a new vitamin. It's called Choose for Health's Super Fruit Complex, and I'm I'm excited about this one. Um, you know, I've obviously taken a vitamin pretty much all the time, every day of my life, and uh, this Choose for Health vitamin, I'm certain I'm getting all the nutrition out of it that I want to get. It's uh, chewable. It contains goji fruit, mangosteen, acai, and nani fruit. And you can get a free week by calling 800-219-8874. That's 800-219-8874, and they'll give you a free week trial of it. All you have to do is pay shipping and handling. It's called Choose for Health.
0: Let's go to your phone calls about what you want, uh, and let's start with Bile in New Jersey. You're on the amp line. Hello, Bile. Hey, gentlemen. What's on your mind tonight, Bile?
7: Well, uh, I had the cops called on me tonight.
0: Oh, dearly. What for?
7: Well, so uh, the the block I live on in... in, uh, metro area in New Jersey, um, uh, they recently changed the signs on, on part of the block so that there's conflicting information as to whether or not you can park there. So it's a, it's a white curb with a sign that says it's residential parking, you know, no parking on second Monday of the month or whatever for, for the uh, street cleaner. But recently, they put up no stopping or standing signs. And so just about everyone on the block has been getting uh, tickets.
0: So, so let me wait. wait the, uh, let me see if I can understand this because I don't live in the big city. The white zone is OK to park. Red usually means you can't park. The yellow. Yellow means you can't park. I guess it depends on where you are. It's it red out in depend. California. Um, OK, so it's white. It's a white zone, which would make you think you can park there. And it's parking only for residents. But now you're saying it says no standing, which doesn't mean actually standing. That means Parking. parking.
7: Well, yeah, so no, there's two signs on other – there's three three uh, poles. The middle pole says uh, residential parking, you know, you have to have a sticker or whatever, and the ordinance, and says no parking on, you know, the second Monday from 8 to 12 while they do street cleaning. Mm-hmm. And on the outside are two different signs with, uh, you know, turning uh, signs or whatever. And they say that – they also have a secondary sign that says no parking or no standing or stopping.
0: And so people are like, getting tickets for standing.
7: Right. It's the, the tickets say no uh, violation, no standing or stopping. Even whose idea was it to
0: call carefully. parking standing? That's what I would like to know. What, what bureaucrat well, came up with that one?
7: Well, often it's used to, that like you can park there. It's just you can't sit there idle or leave the car running and you know get out and do something.
2: Weird. So you can park there, but you can't just leave the car there briefly.
7: Right,
4: that's a
2: dumb system. Well, and
7: I think, and it's for residential. So it's we're near uh, bus lanes and stuff, and they don't want people driving in from out of town and then taking the bus into the city.
0: So, so why were the cops called on you?
7: So, so people have been on my block have been getting tickets, uh, like six or seven people, something like that. And I got off the bus from work today, and I'm walking.
3: uh,
7: As I live about a block away from the bus stop, so I'm walking towards my apartment. And there's two cars parked in this area that everyone on the block knows. No one can park there now because they're giving tickets. Mm-hmm. And I walk over, and it's the same car I've, I've been seeing for a while, which is a bureaucrat of the town's car, and with a little placard inside the window that says, uh, or on the dashboard uh, that says, you know, official police business, um, which normally would exempt them from parking restrictions.
0: Sure. Because they're the bureaucrats so, uh, and they have, you know, they're the better class and so they don't have to pay their own tickets.
7: Sure. And, and the car has been there a couple times when other people who were parked there at the same time, they got tickets and this car didn't. Right. And so I took out my camera. I have this uh, little uh, um, pen camera. Yeah. That uh, I carry around with me in the subways in case I get into altercations with the NYPD over having my bag searched and such. Awesome. So I, I I take out the camera and to take a picture of the, the car and the license plate and the placard, and this woman opens the door across the street and starts screaming at me. Uh, it's Jeez. her car, and she starts freaking out on me as to why I'm taking a picture of her car on the block.
0: You're a terrorist, so, Bile.
7: Uh, well, so we, we she she is very upset um, and is yelling at me quite loudly. What is she at saying?
0: Hurt. What is she yelling well, at me?
7: So I have footage of this whole thing, and it's, going to, it's a half an hour worth of footage, so it's going to take me a while to edit it and then put it up online.
6: But
2: mm.
7: the, the, the video starts with her threatening to have me locked up.
2: Um, what are they going to and, have you locked up for? They'll make something up. Uh, who knows? Up. Okay. The cops, will, yeah, the cops makes- will
0: come and claim it was disorderly conduct or something like that. They can always arrest you and lock you up should that be what they want you to do. Quick question though: uh, In New Jersey, are the state laws as far as recording people? Is it a one-party uh, state or is it two-party? Yes,
7: it's one-party. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. So I have the camera going, and uh, you know, it's mostly pointed at the floor, or, you know, at the ground and and whatnot. Because normally I carry it in my pocket or on my uh, shirt. Because it's got a little pin, so it just, or a little clasp, so it just sticks there, and you can point outwards. But at this point, I had it still in my hand from taking the photo. Mm-hmm. So she, she threatens to have me locked up. She, um, she has this official police business sign in there. So I'm trying to ask her, you know, why, is she there for? Official police business, and that's none of my damn business. Has she come out uh, onto
0: the sidewalk at this point, or is she still yelling at you from the doorway?
7: She, no, she's right next to me at this point. She's across the. So it's like two streets, but with a divider in the center,
0: mm-hmm.
7: um, and she's she's standing right next to me. And she she, uh, she says that I belong in an institution for uh, for being a good Samaritan, pretty much. She's she's like, what are you trying to do? Be a good Samaritan? It's like, don't you have a life? Don't you have other things you can do? Why are you mess? You know, why are you bothering with me? Uh, and I say, uh, you know, I'm looking out for my neighbors, and 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 yes, I'm being a good Samaritan. She's like, well, don't you have a life? What are you trying to do? Get into heaven or something? I should wow. mind my own business.
2: Gee, that's is. amazing.
7: And yeah, she she's just flipping out, and uh, so she calls the cops, and they send out two cops, um, in in one in an SUV and one in like a utility type truck. So two big trucks pull up. And the cop, as soon as he pulls up, the woman says, "Oh, this concerned citizen has a has an issue with me parking."
0: But before and you continue the story, Bile, had you considered just moving on, or did you feel like you wanted to talk to the cops? I mean, because obviously there's a point at which she made the call, and then the point at which they arrived. How long was well the? They, how long was that? They sh-
6: they showed
7: up quite quickly, and she was arguing with me during mu- much of that time. So. And I've dealt with the local cops before, and they're not too fond. Well, at least a couple of the ones that I've dealt with aren't too fond of me because I've posted stuff about them on my blog.
0: Right, and they and so have figured, a search. They've got not? a Google search. You told us this before. They have one of those Google alerts that that looks for the police department name, and they, that's how they found your blog.
6: Right,
7: and so I figured, you know, what the hell, I'll, I'll go along with it, especially since I had my camera. Right. And uh so I had called while the cops were about to show up, I had called my girlfriend Lori, and she walked out with another camcorder, so I, I Nice I tur- I turned that on and uh the woman I don't think right realized that I was recording prior and she definitely realized after the uh Lori showed up with the camcorder. Did she go uh, off she about re- that too? No, she she didn't. I was kinda of surprised. No one actually said anything. Did she change um, later, her
0: behavior after the the other yes. camera showed up?
7: She did, but only slightly. But at the same time, the cops had shown up. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it could have been either or. But as soon as the cop rolls up, um, he has an attitude. He's, like, blocking traffic, and he says uh, (laughs) that she can park wherever the hell she – this is a quote. She can park wherever the hell she wants, and it was just a matter of fact. Like, he repeated that, and he said – This is is New Jersey, son.
0: We'll do whatever we want. Welcome to the police Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
7: And he he just said, uh, as a matter of fact, that she can park wherever the hell she wants. She works for the for the town and and for the police station. And so
4: hey,
0: you know, it's he, it's she, good to be in the gang. A... Is there more to the story? I want to tell, I want you to tell the rest of you. You've got time. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit. Hang on, Bile. More coming up here. Uh, Biles' encounter with the police had the cops called on him. Unfortunately, they were New Jersey cops. Could have gotten even worse. I'm not sure. We'll find out what happens here in moments. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Some of the most corrupt police. In the United States, I think, are in New Jersey, but there's corruption everywhere. Oh, there's some competition out there. More on the way. You bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by
5: Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything, toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, and they include the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. It's free. WIK. FreeTalkLive. dot
2: I want to take a second to tell you about my favorite new little device. It's the ToteSack. It's made of completely recycled materials. It's a little hook thing that uh, really is designed for eliminating shopping cart the the need of shopping carts from you know taking them from the store when you always have to, to bring them back and um, making the trips from the car to the house a heck of a lot easier with those uh, the grocery bags because you can just. Once you carry them out to the car, you can just kind of give them a little twist and put them in the trunk, and they hold all the bags together. They don't roll around in the trunk, which is always a big problem. And uh, additionally, if you have to take stuff out to the boat and things like that, just you know, take those little, use them, you reuse the bags and use the tote sacks. It's it, it it's a great little device. Uh, go to TOTASAC, t o t a s a k dot com and get yourself a family pack today. I love them. Right.
0: We're going back to Bile in New Jersey. Bile, you're telling us a story about how yeah, you were coming home from uh, somewhere and you noticed that there was a bureaucrat who had parked in a no-parking zone, a place where people had been, no, normally would be ticketed for parking, but she had one of those little I'm a bureaucrat, so I'm exempt placards on the front of her car. And as you were just photographing this, just yeah, maybe to put up on your blog or something, which is blogofbile.com, uh, as you were taking photos of this, uh, she comes out of the house, storms out and starts yelling at you, calls the police. The police come by. One of them rolls up and says, look, she, you know, what What was the phrase that he used? Uh,
7: quote, she can park wherever the hell she wants.
0: Then what happened?
7: So, uh, so he had quite a bad attitude and, and Lori was standing next to me trying to, and the cops kind of sort of cutting us off as we talk and the woman's sort sort of still talking. And, uh, so he tells us, you know, well, that's the way it is, and you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to deal with that, and uh, a real bad attitude. Obviously, since you know he didn't want to come out there, and it's probably his friend who called, so looking out for his own. And and uh, Lori kind of smacks him down. You know, she's like, look, that's not the kind of tone that is acceptable here. Uh, we didn't call you out. We're not causing a problem, and uh, that tone is is not appropriate. And his demeanor completely changed from there out. And wow. he admitted he admitted that uh, after at least after a couple of minutes, he pretty much admitted that it was stupid that people had been parking there for a long time. The sign clearly says that it's residential parking. The curb's yellow, and perhaps he said he claims that. Uh, because we're so close to the George Washington Bridge that the uh, New Jersey DOT could have possibly put up the, uh, no standing or stopping signs, and it may not have been the town. And that, you know, the parking authority is different from the cops, so you know it wasn't his fault. And he sort of was uh, used some frank language, saying it was BS that that uh, they were ticketing people. And uh, his the other cop that was there said that you know even. Uh, because it was sort of a turning lane that there really shouldn 't be parking there anyway, so the other guy said that the the woman who was flipping out shouldn 't have been parking there anyway, she should have known better, so it completely kind of changed around. I mean they were still backstepping here and there, and the woman was still flipping out on me she She tried causing you know issues at different points and was saying that you know, i don 't have a problem with anyone else, but I have a problem with him pointing to me and then yeah, comment, I think
0: it's like, a, I think her comments were amazing uh where she was saying that. That shame on you for trying to be a good Samaritan. Shame on you. Don't you have something better to do? I mean that's that's a, that's stunning. Yes, yeah, If
7: that. I had a job, if I had anything better to do. Why you know, do I want to get into heaven? Why am I why do I care about other people?
0: Yeah, lady, it's my hobby to care. It's my hobby to give a damn. So whenever I'm not at my job, I'm actually caring about my neighbors unlike you. What a see you next Tuesday.
7: Yeah, pretty much, and the video and a description of of uh, who it was. And I'm gonna, you know, the the cops were well. The one cop was sort of a jerk at first, but he sort of changed his tune. Said he was gonna contact uh, the uh, Department of Transportation or whoever he he was. was Sure. (laughs) But I don't know. He claimed he was gonna try to tell the cops not to bother with that particular section because it was under contention now and no one knew what was going on and said he would try to take care of it and the other cops said you know we'll try to get everyone together and go on the same court date and raise hell pretty much is what he said so well, it became because- nicer afterwards but the video of the woman flipping out and stuff and the cop the whole ordeal will be up online okay, probably cool. tomorrow morning
2: blog of com, right if nothing else it shows uh, it shows how the bureaucrats feel about video uh, recording they hate it they oh, yeah. hate it. It's like it's like uh, zombies and fire. I mean, they just they shy away from it. They hate the idea that somebody would have the gall, the nerve to come out and videotape what them and what they're doing. Don't you know this is my job? That I'm here to to to, to rule over you, citizen. Shut up. Well, I, was,
1: I was actually
7: really surprised because no one said anything about my cameras, and I had two cameras. One was kind of concealed, but still. But though they did know I was recording at least the uh, the secondary cop, the one that wasn't rude, because when I asked for the, the cop's names, both of them at different times, uh, they, they both have like harder to, to pronounce names, and, and I couldn't hear him the first time. So I asked him to repeat it, and he actually grabbed my shirt because he knew that that's where my the camera was uh-huh. and I had slipped it in my shirt. He grabbed me by the shirt lightly pulled pulled himself forward and said his name loud as if to speak into the microphone,
2: which <laughs> was funny,
7: kind of intimidating but funny yeah. at the same time.
0: Wow. All right, man. Well, we'll look forward to seeing that. And uh, anything else you want to share tonight? No, that's it. A- Thanks for the call, Bile. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I guess it's nice that they left them alone for having the cameras. And indeed, having the cameras probably helped them in behaving a little bit nicer and standing yep. up for themselves helps
2: as well when you're not being completely cowed. And, to some and, extent, you're, what you're talking about here is uh, that sort of that uh, animal uh, territory thing. They're there on their turf and the cops aren't. So it's it, you know if you it, I've seen uh, footage on these you know these wildlife films which I love to see and apparently most of the footage is uh, bogus but um of you know smaller animals driving off larger animals when they're in their territory hmm. and the fact is you know when somebody's out of their territory they just don't feel as strong and when they're in theirs they do and I think that the, what you had a chance to see here is that you know the locals drove off the interlopers but
0: don't you think the cops consider everything their territory? They, they'd they like to, but they don't. So there's something unspoken that's going on there where they know that it's inherently not really theirs? Well, they know,
2: A, they're in the wrong, and B, yeah. they're not in their territory. And there's a video camera. It's one thing if they can make themselves feel right. Mm-hmm. They... They couldn't figure out how to do that for themselves, you know. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's one of the problems with having higher intellects and, uh, you know, more principled people in the the, the police department. And they're doing a pretty good job of eliminating those as fast as they can.
0: Toll-free number here tonight, 800-259-9231. CNN reports that a friend's sleepover more than a year ago, 14-year-old Philip Swartley pocketed change from unlocked vehicles in the neighborhood to buy chips and soft drinks. Now, that's not good. That's stealing. Mm -hmm. The cops caught him. There was no need for an attorney, said his mother, Amy Swartley, who thought at the most the judge would slap her son with a fine or some community service. But she was shocked to find her eighth grader handcuffed and shackled in the courtroom and sentenced to a youth detention center. Hmm. Then he was shipped to a boarding school for troubled teens for nine months. Jeez, that's a heck of a long time. She's a 41-year-old single mother in Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. She says, yes, my son made a mistake, but I didn't think he was going to be taken away from me. CNN doesn't usually identify minors accused of crimes, but Swartley and others agree to be named to bring public attention to the issue. As scandals from Wall Street to Washington Royal the public trust, the justice system in Luzerne County, in the heart of Pennsylvania's struggling coal country, has also fallen prey to corruption, as though it wasn't before. The county has been rocked by a kickback scandal involving two elected judges who essentially jailed kids for cash. Many of the children had appeared before the judges without a lawyer. The nonprofit Juvenile Law Center in Philadelphia said that uh, Philip is one of at least 5,000 children over the past five years who appeared before former Luzerne County President Judge, President Judge Mark Ciavrella. Ciavrella pleaded guilty earlier this month to federal criminal charges of fraud and other tax charges, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. The former Luzerne County Senior Judge Michael Conahan also pleaded guilty to the same charges. The two secretly received more than 2.6. Million dollars. Gosh. The judges have been disbarred and have resigned from their elected positions. They agreed to serve 87 months in prison under their plea deals. Siavrella and Conahan did not return calls. Their attorneys told CNN they have no comment. Uh, I wonder if they'll actually be serving those 87 months or if they'll be, you know, suspended. Ciavrella 58, along with Conahan 56, corruptly and fraudulently created the potential for an increased number of juvenile offenders
2: to be sent to juvenile detention facilities, according to the court documents. You know, and they also have, uh, they have prisons, uh, federal prisons specifically made for basically people who do things like this. You know, the the bureaucrats and stuff like that. You know what? I'll bet they're not as bad as the other prisons. The Club Med of uh, federal prisons, Yeah. Uh, There's
0: more to the story here. We'll tell you about what these judges were up to and how they were personally profiting from putting your children, perhaps, in these juvenile detention centers. It's outrageous. Hour 3 is coming up. Free Talk Live.
8: Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Varadio.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You pick up the phone, you take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Last hour, we started telling you a story, and I, Mark, you pointed out it's a, it's a little on the old side, but nonetheless, still outrageous. Old as in a, a few months back. CNN reports on a couple of judges, just to give you an example of how the corruption can actually get, how bad it can really be, and this is, to my in my opinion, scratching the surface. Really, I'm sure there's more. Examples like this around the country. So sure, these even, are just
2: the ones that uh, managed to get caught, and may, maybe the most egregious. I don't know, but this is pretty egregious.
0: They are uh, judges in their fifties, uh, holding positions in I think it's Pennsylvania or yeah Pennsylvania. They are holding positions called senior judge, the uh, county senior judge. Another one also called the County President Judge. So, President Judge, Senior Judge, these guys are pretty high up in the judicial organization.
2: Hard guys to uh, bring down, hard to argue with, hard to uh, you know, shine the light on.
0: They have agreed to serve 87 months in prison under their plea deals. What they've done is they've been shuffling young people, shuffling teenagers and children through the system, through the juvenile detention system, for kickbacks. The Juvenile Law Center says it plans to file a class action lawsuit this week representing what they say are victims of corruption. And they're going to give us a few examples here of exactly what these judges have been doing. But essentially, what they did was they corruptly and fraudulently created the potential for an increased number of juvenile offenders to be sent to juvenile detention centers. According to the court documents, children would be placed in private detention centers under contract with the court to increase the headcount. In exchange, the two judges would receive kickbacks. So your child
2: is a dollar sign to these judges.
0: Your child means they get to take more money home at the end of the so year. So these
2: were private organizations that were contracting with the state in order to keep to uh, incarcerate young people. Is that the idea? That's the idea. Yep. Yeah.
0: But there's no reason why that uh, th- there there's no reason why it uh, couldn't happen with some government juvenile detention facility because. In the governmental detention system, a inmate is worth forty thousand dollars, or whatever the amount of money is that the juvenile detention center or the the jail or county jail or whatever has to, uh, to to cover those costs. They have to cover in order to keep that person there. They get that money from the federal government or the state governments or whoever it is it's that's, that's handing it out to them. They probably get it from multiple places, but each one of those inmates is worth money to the jail. So the system has uh, has an incentive to fill its jails with as many people as possible, because that just means the jail budget goes up the next year. We've got more prisoners. We need more money. And so essentially they were kicking back money to the judges to send them more prisoners because, well, if the judges don't send them prisoners, they don't get the money
2: yeah. in the first place. This is a great example of how, um, you know, the, the term privatized can really be bastardized yeah. because... Um, they're using the monopoly that is the judicial system, and they're just allowing uh, private entities to their own buddies. the
0: jails. Right, their buddies are getting rich off of the...
2: You know, I I personally, having spent nine years in, in jail, have a pretty good idea of how these systems work. I know I could set up a private system that would make it better for everyone, for victims, for uh you know people that have to pay for it citizens for the people being incarcerated they'd walk out with more skill sets uh, having been you know treated better, therefore having a better attitude, just all kinds of ways that these things will work
0: and but but what you're talking about there is fine, mark, but what you're talking about would be something that's appropriate for someone who's actually ...committed a crime or an offense that would deserve some level of incarceration. Most of these young people, restitution would be far and above, uh, would be all that's necessary. In in some cases, apologies would be enough, but in many cases, restitution would have solved the problem. I mean, the kid that the story started with, the 14-year-old boy, was sent away for months to a youth detention center, nine months at a boarding school, and, uh, and also stayed in a youth detention center for taking change from some vehicles... I mean, paying restitution there would not be a a difficult thing at all, and that would have solved the problem that would have made the victims of that uh
2: theft whole, not to mention the fact that I wouldn't accept monetary restitution from this young man. he would have to mow wash my your lawn. car yeah, something like that uh so yeah, whatever it is that would be accepted
0: to make good on this situation that would be it. There would be no need for this punitive factor of well you 've done wrong, so now you 'll be punished i mean it's it's enough punishment to. Shame this person and to get them to just make make the, the payments to, to make the victim whole again. But in the system then, uh, that we're in, there is this punitive factor that is totally unnecessary. So to give you some examples of how punitive I'm talking about here, Judge Ciavrella sent a 15-year-old female, Hillary Transu, to a wilderness camp for mocking an assistant principal. <laughs> on her MySpace page. Oh my god. So, not like she was up in the assistant principal's face, giving him a hard time, as though that would be a bad thing. I mean, whatever, he's just it's just talk, right? Speech is speech. Should be free. Of course, we all know that on government school campus, you don't actually have free speech. At least that's what the principal at my high school told me when I was in high school. He's right. But uh, but for her MySpace page. For saying nasty things about a government bureaucrat on her MySpace page... Mr. Bradley smells badly. She had to go to a wilderness camp, uh, a juvenile camp. He also whisked 13-year-old Shane Bly, who was accused of trespassing in a vacant building from his parents, and confined him in a boot camp for two weekends. He sentenced Kurt Kruger, 17, to detention and five months of boot camp for helping a friend steal DVDs from Walmart. Now, what kind of other kids do you think they're going to meet at boot camp?
2: Um... You know, my experience is in uh, prison that uh, convicts learn more skills. Right.
0: So they probably taught some other kids how to steal DVDs from Walmart while they were in there. One probably learned a handful of things, picking locks, whoever knows what else they were talking about, jump-starting cars. Uh, They could share all kinds of tips. Whereas if you just had them pay back Walmart for the DVDs, they'd stole, plus however much else uh for restitution for damages that would have solved the
2: problem can you imagine i mean walmart would have walmart's really set up for this hey kids here's a couple of brooms here's a smock a blue smock get out there and uh and work the sales floor well I, I wouldn't uh, have i wouldn't have these yeah. guys on the sales floor but i sure would have them out cleaning up my parking lot good point here's here's a bag Come back when it's full of trash. Several
0: other lawsuits on behalf of the juveniles who have appeared in Ciavrella's courtroom have emerged. Private juvenile detention centers owned by Mid-Atlantic Youth Services Corporation are still operating and are not a target of the investigation. The company had cooperated with the investigation. A spokesman denied that its current owner knew about the kickbacks. Judge Ciavrella assured the community he could provide justice. Elected to the bench in 1996, he once ran for judge on the promise that he would punish the people who break the law... And the corruption began in 2002 when Conahan shut down the state juvenile detention center and used money from the Luzerne County budget to fund a multi-million dollar lease for the private facilities. Despite some raised eyebrows from the community, county commissioners approved the deal. Federal government began investigating back in 2006. The kickback scandal highlights a major problem in the juvenile justice system in Luzerne County and across the country, say the attorneys. They say that hundreds of children who appeared before Ciavrella didn't have lawyers. Kids think very much in the present, and they have limited abilities to understand long-term consequences, according to the ACLU attorney from New York who specializes in juvenile issues. Dahlberg's recent study, uh, Robin Dahlberg, as we're talking about here, a recent study in Ohio revealed that some of the counties had as many as 90% of children going through the court system without a lawyer. She said the Pennsylvania case is sad reminder of why kids need an attorney. Now most kids can't afford an attorney. Yeah, you certainly I can't afford an attorney, and uh, I'm not a kid. I, you know, I'm not getting a five dollar a week allowance or whatever it is parents uh, give their kids these days. But you know, just having some level of uh, of assistance when you're in front of a judge as a young person would be helpful, even if it is a
2: court appointed uh, situation. But they're not even doing that. Well, and and to some extent, uh, attorneys are. You know, bureaucrat repellent. You know, they they know that if you have a uh, have an attorney, you have some level of means, and they tend to stay away. Indeed, in Luzerne County, teens who waived
0: counsel were at a greater risk of being sent to a placement center than those with representation. Of course, they were. About 50% of the children who waived counsel were sent to some kind of placement, according to the reports. In comparison, the judges' commission found that 8.4% of juveniles across the state wound up in placement. So. In that one court, in that one area, Luzerne County, 50% of kids went to placement, whereas the rest of Pennsylvania, it's 8.4%. Big it's difference. higher. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Hey, you're saying to yourself, you don't like it when this stuff happens. Well, too bad. you got to keep paying for it anyway, and your property taxes, even if you don't appreciate it. More coming up. Mm-hmm. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves via the toll free number 800 259 9231. You can bring up what you want tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got the bulletin board system, the Shrine of Female listeners, and more. We give it all away to you. It's all free at freetalklive.com. Plus, head over to RepublicMagazine.tv. If you're missing the real news, you can get informed and stay informed with Republic Magazine. Get your free digital copy now. Or order your print subscription at republicmagazine.tv. That's republicmagazine.tv. Or you can call 800-873-1620. That's
2: 1-800-873-1620. Yeah, they've got a, a free copy online at re- republicmagazine.tv. And you'll notice that Free Talk Live is on the inside front cover of this month's issue. That's
0: pretty spiffy. Let's go to your phone calls. Talk to Tim in Illinois. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, guys. Hey, Tim. What's on your mind tonight?
5: Um, well... I've been having a lot
9: of conversations with my girlfriend lately about uh, libertarianism, volunteerism, um, and she's she's come to this point where she just just ad hominem attacks that all libertarians and voluntarists must be heartless.
0: Why? She's because she's doing such a good job of convincing her. Because we don't want to give
9: money to people who don't deserve it.
0: Because you don't want to give money to people that don't deserve it. Okay
9: such as welfare, you know, the whole uh, government health care system, all of that. So I was wondering what a good defense – I guess I don't necessarily like the word defense, but a good way to, you know, stand against that.
0: Okay, so she's saying that you're heartless. And what have – I mean, have you said anything in response, or do you feel like you have nothing to say to that at this point? I mean,
9: it's it's not necessarily – I've, I've attempted the the whole, well, it's heartless to take money from people who earned it. And she says, well, you know, I guess I kind of understand that, but if there are people who, you know, need something, you know, such as health care or food or a place to live, uh, why people, you know, are so greedy that they won't, you know, help people.
2: Well, right. I, but you know, I I think that uh, first off, you you've got to sort of acknowledge that people need, you know, that some people can't earn. Right? Um, there are people out there that have no arms, no legs. Um, they're they're going to have a tough life as far as making money. Certainly, there are jobs for them. Absolutely, they, uh, you know, in the, in the right circumstances, they can make some good money. But you you know, put
0: the you, human torso in that movie, uh, the freaks. You oh. ever seen Freaks? No way back in, way back in the day uh back in the early part of the 20th century there's this movie called Freaks you can actually see the human torso that was his name he was a circus freak kind of act and that's what the movie is essentially about, is, is circus freaks. So even a man with no arms and no legs was at least given the opportunity to appear
2: in a film. Are you um, really, really, really talking about circus freaks while we're talking about this issue? I mean, just, just like you don't... You brought you up don't. a guy with no arms and no legs, and
0: I'm just saying, it doesn't mean that all of the op- options are shut off to this uh, to, the, to that people. Right. No, well, I can't
2: I, imagine how people call libertarians uh, heartless. <laughs> the, no, um, but I see where you're coming from, Mark. The... I had a next-door neighbor who had I think it's called King's syndrome. I may be wrong, King's something. It's King is in the uh the terminology. I, I, all I know is the guy was in the wheelchair and you know he had some problems with his limbs. And he had a great job doing uh phone sales in you know in inbound phone sales for a computer company. So he managed to make life you know make make uh, you know make a good living uh, he he did fine uh, doing this and and so it's it's quite possible for people to you know to earn and i'm sure he had some kind of subsidization i know that his parents came over and you know they gave him some money and, and all that kind of stuff but be that as it may the man made money and supported himself to to some extent or another um so the first off the, giving people money for one ruins incentives that they might have to uh, go out and and actually find a career that fulfills them because a career to me is the most fulfilling thing. So one of the most fulfilling things you can have in life, uh, good right. job, good family, you know, all those things are, are some great stuff. And to remove that opportunity for somebody is a terrible thing. Um, when the government gives somebody you know a, subsidi- a subsidization check. Well, they they're incentivized not to go out and look for work because the government will take the check away from them. So exactly, they they're they're you're not giving these people the respect that they deserve, and a charity would likely encourage them to look at the lighthouse for the blind. This organization is supported by charity. I'm sure that maybe they get some government money. I don't know, but it's a charity organization that gives blind people jobs and they manage to network very well with, uh, with, with companies out there in order to get their, their work done. And it's so, I mean, you know, the, the thought process that people who need help are completely disabled is a bigoted standpoint.
0: Well, that's not going to persuade this young lady that he's
2: trying to talk to. You're a bigot. Uh, well, no. you, you don't call them a bigot, but right. but after you go through, this? then you point out, you know, like I pointed pointed out pointed out pointed out how, how it is that she's putting right. all these people in a basket of people that can't get help.
0: Well, I don't think you should be attacking the person. You're putting these people in a basket. You're doing this. Da da da. da. I think that what you want to do is we'll go back to the Ransberger pivot that we talked about earlier from the Advocates for Self-Government. Listen to what the person's saying. She's saying she cares about the uh, the downtrodden, that she wants to uh, to help them, and she feels like you don't. Uh, she feels like you want to just keep all your money. And it, really, you need to know your uh, your audience when you're talking about liberty. If you're talking to somebody with whom you know that the message of, hey, you'll get to keep all your, your money and decide for yourself how to spend it is going to resonate, then that's the direction you want to go. But if you're talking with somebody like your girlfriend, as you're saying here, uh, Tim, that is saying that she wants to help people that have uh, been downtrodden. She feels an obligation to that sort of thing. This is important to her. Then, if you agree with that, and I would hope that you would, I think that people who are down and on their luck can use a hand up, but not a handout. You know all of that. I think that there's something to be said for private charities, as Mark is saying here. But what you want to come in with is, I am in agreement with you i i I am hearing you tell me that you want to give people who are having a tough time some assistance, and I agree with that. I think that's a great idea. I support that idea, but what i don't support is coercively forcing people in order to uh forcing people to pay into a one size fits all system and then you can talk about how it is what some of the things Mark was saying talk about how it is that private charities can do a better job of helping people, and that when you get to control your own finances, you get to better allocate them. You get to choose which charities are doing the best job. You don't have to rely on the government bureaucrats to do the job for you, because as you can point out, Dr. Mary Ruart's book, Healing Our World, points out that the government bureaucracies that are handing out money to people, the welfare programs, are very poorly managed. There is a tremendous amount of overhead involved uh, with paying the middle class bureaucrats that run the program first and foremost, and then cutting a few checks to the other people, many of whom don't actually, uh, shouldn't actually be getting the checks because they're just scamming the system, and the government bureaucrats don't care enough to try to ascertain who's scamming and and who's really not Uh, so the incentives are present to really get people the help that they need in a private uh, system where charities are handling this that are just not present in the government system so you want to agree with her that yes you do want to help people and you'd like to show her how best uh, Tim, how best to to help her get what she wants uh, to happen. I hope that makes some sense are you still there Tim? thought i heard his line drop during that call thanks for the call appreciate hearing from you if you've got some thoughts on this uh 800-259-9231 you can bring up anything here and that way it'll show you as being compassionate in fact you're compassionate to the point that you want to be able to express your compassion directly rather than having to be forced to pay into a government bureaucracy that doesn't really help people in the way they should be helped
8: Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crum had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crum is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of El Neil Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at Bigheadpress.com slash PK.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free via the Sekel CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. That, again, brought to you by Sekel CAI, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. We've got the shrine of female listeners. Dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo and video uh, or photo or video to prove they listen to the show head over to shrine.freetalklive.com from creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism you'll find more pro-freedom activism than you might have ever imagined possible here in new hampshire when you move here as part of the free state project learn more at freestateproject.org that's freestateproject.org we are just discussing during the break mark that uh here in Keene, new hampshire the city council's done something right they voted or one of their committees has voted to recommend that the council support medical marijuana legalization and supporting full de- uh, decriminalization of personal amounts of marijuana. So step in the right direction.
2: It's going on all over the country. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see that, uh, you know, here locally where it affects me, it's happening. But, I, you know, I'm happy uh, when this. Basically harmless, by and large, harmless plants when you compare it to things like alcohol and tobacco. Uh, I'd say it's a miracle plant. This thing helps people that are sick. It does. Uh, but, you know, every drug has its, and, and, you know, if you want to call this a drug, I don't consider it a drug, it's a plant. Yeah. But every drugs ha- uh, drug has its drawbacks, and certainly marijuana has some drawbacks. Inhaling combusted plant material into your lungs isn't necessarily the best thing for them. That's Try not a vaporizer. What they were designed. Vaporizer's better. Yeah. However, it is not perfect, Right. Probably not. Okay. So um, either way, I think that we're moving in the right direction wherever they uh, you know, allow people to use this plant. As far as I'm concerned, all drugs should be legalized. However, I understand that's not going to happen overnight, and I just want to see steps in the right direction uh, in the area of uh, med- uh, medical marijuana and marijuana possession. You know, if anything, Mark, this
0: is a credit to the political action. Uh, and, and to, to actually say that political action can
2: have some success
0: here in New
2: Hampshire. This isn't success. This is a like just sort of a, you know, the, the, the city council is getting together and saying but
0: it. But they've gotten some politicians to vote in favor of expressing uh, expressing favor towards freedom, at least in this one small little way. It's yep. it's something. It's not a huge leap forward, and you're not going to see huge leaps, I don't think anytime soon in not the political in system. Uh, but, you know, it's worth mentioning that this was started, uh, one of the, the people that brought, the guy that brought this forward, we've mentioned him on the air before, Fred Parcells, he is a former cop, a former police detective, and has retired from that particular profession. I don't think he's yet taken the step of joining law enforcement against prohibition, but he might as well, uh, at this point, he's come out in favor of decriminalizing drugs, at least marijuana in this particular instance, and... uh so he apparently brought this up after Sam, our guy from Free Talk Live and uh, the man behind com, had a brief conversation with one of the city councilors talking about the idea of getting some sort of marijuana marijuana. Uh, Decriminalization or one of those lowest police priority things passed here in Keene, and apparently that sparked a discussion between that city councilor Cynthia and and Fred, and now Fred has appeared in front of this uh, this committee and asked them to do this, and they've they voted for it. So hey, there's, uh, that's a win him. for the po- I, political I, I, system. I, right? I like
2: him. I, I think he's done a good job here.
0: Yeah, it's, but it's a win for the po- political system, Mark.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, you should be crowning about this from the rooftops. I yeah, I I'll, look you you make it seem like I'm the one who supports <laughs> political action. I believe that political action is largely inefficient. However, I think that it is uh, you know, everything's inefficient when trying to change the the status quo, government, all these things. And, uh, you know, I don't know, there's no evidence to me that civil disobedience or non-cooperation or any of these other things are more efficient. I just think you take your your, uh, wins where you can get them. And we're seeing them in both categories, I think.
0: We're we're seeing non-cooperation being successful, we're seeing, and not. And we're seeing politics being successful, and not. So we can make them both more successful, I know this much, by bringing more people here to New Hampshire and getting them active. That much I know for sure. Both both approaches will become more effective as you arrive and get involved. So head over to freestateproject.org and you can see the details on the marijuana news over at freekeen.com. We continue taking your phone calls. Oh, wait! Before we do that, Mark, you had another comment uh, for Tim on the issue of uh, people, liberty-minded people, being heartless.
2: Yeah. Um. You know, for one thing, it is not easy to uh, convert one- loved ones that you want to convert so badly because you love them, uh, right? And um, to liberty-minded things and. I think that at this point, if your uh, girlfriend is saying that uh, all libertarians must be heartless, that you've probably lost. Um, and I understand. It's not easy. Believe me. I've lost in a few areas myself, um, and I get it. But I would, what I would recommend is that you get a hold of Mary Ruart's book. Me too. I was healing, going to suggest that. Healing Our World. Um, you can go to Amazon.freetalklive.com, and you can buy it there. Um, or you can get the 90s edition free on her website. Sure, you can form. do that. You can do that. But, I mean, getting somebody to read... i it, For my plan here that I'm going to lay out, okay. I think you need a hard copy, copy.
0: I think the the updated book is even better, so I highly recommend
2: the, your plan, Mark. However, um, try to trade something to with, with her to get her to read the book. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, I'll... Wash your car, or you know, whatever. Try to try to do whatever it takes to get her to read the book. Look, this woman is far better at explaining this. Um, you know, this issue is important to me. I want you to understand it in the fashion that it should be explained. I am not good. I am not a con. Uh, you know, a, a, a disciple for libertarianism. I'm just somebody who has some of the ideas. I'm I'm not one of these grade A people. Mary Ruart is. Please read this book and. You know, she will explain in healing our world
0: from a compassionate perspective, yeah. how it is that liberty and the market the free marketplace helps those people that actually need it, whereas the government programs that are purported to help those people in many cases actually harm the very people they're intending to help. She shows beyond any uh, any reasonable doubt. She cl- clearly shows with evidence and citations. There's so many citations in that book. A good chunk of that book is all citations. So if you don't believe what she's saying, you can go and, uh, and check her on everything that she claims. She she shows with citations that those who attempt to control others will inevitably find themselves being controlled and that honoring our neighbor's choices is the best way for, uh, for mankind to get along with itself. And she really just does an amazing job of pointing out how it's the marketplace, it's freedom that allows people to be compassionate, that helps those who are really in need of help. I highly recommend the book. Healing Our World. You can order it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We've had Dr. Ruart on this program in the past, and she's an outstanding lady. Let's go to your calls. Talk to Scott in Wisconsin. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Hey,
4: Mark and Eon, just checking in. Um, Thanks. uh, How are you guys uh, (laughs) hanging in there? It's good to hear you. Hey. Yeah, uh, what's on your mind tonight, Scott? Well, I just wanted to ask you guys. I know you guys I'm I'm not a libertarian but I'm a man in the Lord Jesus and I believe in helping people in need and and giving you receive. But that's true. Today, I like that. Um I heard that there was a flag flying across our Washington DC and it was a red flag. And I just wanted to ask you guys in your camp would you fly the Chinese flag Above your nation out there, as they did in Washington Well, I don't
0: believe in nations. I don't believe
4: in nations. How would you feel about that, having the way they only let you have one kid over there to be born and...
0: I don't know then, if that's true these days. I'm not sure if that's uh, still a vicious rumor or not, or if it's official policy that's unenforced. But I, I don't believe it's necessarily. Uh, it wasn't a gene that Christian anarchists that told us that that wasn't really true. I, I wish I could recall
2: that. Mark, do you recall on um, the, the I, one I, kid I, policy? So I hear, but I, I don't know. I mean, you know, they, they use ad hominem attacks against uh, us, and we use them against them. And I don't know that uh, it's necessary. They, 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 the Chinese government. Oh, okay. Um, you, you know, just making and, sure and, you weren't saying that all Chinese well, people attack. Us, well, I'm sure States. that many of them get these sort of talking points from, you know, that they just kind of trickle down.
0: I'd like to answer your question, Scott. And your question was, would I fly uh, my nation's flag above the Chinese flag or the Chinese flag above? I don't believe in nations. Uh, so, no, I wouldn't fly either flag because I think nations are a fallacious concept. It's an imaginary concept that uh, suggests that somehow – the people that are existing within a certain geographic region, a certain designated, arbitrarily designated geographic area are somehow different and or better than the rest of the people around the world. I'll let you respond to that here in a moment if you want. Hang on. 800-259-9231. So the answer is I would not fly any of those flags.
2: And I've got a Fox News article here that says White House debunks reports it will fly China's flags on South Lawn.
0: More on the way, you can bring up anything even in these remaining moments. Enough time for your call if you make it right now to one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 9231 This is Free Talk Live This is Free Talk Live your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free 800-259-9231 and you can take control of the airwaves. Even in these remaining moments, we'll try to sneak you in. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming an amplifier for as little as $3 a month we'll take that money in reinvest it into the show get on more radio stations around the country bring more internet listeners on board expose new people to the ideas of freedom head over to amp.freetalklive.com get involved get on board with amp and you'll get perks too like access to the call uh, the amp only call in lines chat room forum and more all the details are at amp.freetalklive.com and if you haven't yet heard of the millionaire patriot you should Because he's got five days of firearms training waiting for you, all for pennies on the dollar. Plus, if you act fast, the Millionaire Patriot will give you a free Springfield Armory XD pistol in the caliber of your choice. Just go to FrontSight.com to learn more and get your training and free gun. That's FrontSight.com. As we continue here, I, I think we still have Scott with us. Scott, back from Wisconsin, uh, you'd called asking about what flag I would fly, and I had said I would not fly any flag as a, as far as a nation's flag because I don't believe in the concepts of nations. Um, your thoughts, Scott?
4: Well, you know, um, Mark and Ian, I do, um, not being in, you know, I do believe in freedom. I believe in our Constitution that our forefathers Um, That wrote those words paid a bad price uh, way back then but i just think that that sends a message um, to our country and and to your camp
2: uh, that if
4: you hang the chinese flag above your capital um i think uh, i don't have hate i'm a man of no hate in me but i mean that that's that's kind of a disgrace to our country and to your nation. Um, well, you I keep mean, putting
0: me involving in in, my, in this nation, and first of all, it's not my capital. It's not my nation. Uh, I don't believe in those concepts. I don't subscribe to those belief systems. I believe that there are only individuals and that individuals can voluntarily choose to form groups of individuals. So, you know, They can enter into agreements with one another, but nations, no one has ever entered into an agreement to be a nation. It's just that you've just sort of been assigned here because you happen to be popped out of your mother's womb on a, a specific plot of land. I mean, it's 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 ludicrous. So I, I just don't even fit into that particular paradigm.
4: Right, Scott. and I understand you guys, I don't know if you have a flag for your libertarian thing, but once again, we are in America. And um, for what our forefathers did, uh, what they did it back to to have our Constitution written, And we know that the United States flag is our flag of freedom.
2: Well, Um, it's not a – No. It's just a flag of the country. Um, Now, Scott, here's – for one, I've got the article here that debunks this story. And I think that there's a lot of stories out there that are really – planted or twisted in order to get sort of the ultra-right, um, you know, uh, God guts and guns, patriot-type people all up in arms. They're going to take God bless, God bless America out of the Pledge of Allegiance, and you're going to take it off the money, and um, they're, they're going to make it so our school children have to, 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 to swear to Mao every morning. You know, <laughs> and, and all this, this nonsense and these, um, these stories, which just aren't true, really get those people, the sort of fundamentalist... Um, you know ultra righties all upset and they're not even true most of the time so in the process what are they doing they're taking their eye off the ball you know some girl some girl with her top off is in the uh, is in is in right field jumping up and down and your your eyes off the ball and wham it's a strike that's how the Government gets past stuff that's how they've managed to grow over time. The people that want to see small government like you, Scott, who believe in freedom like you, Scott, they take their eye off the ball because they use these tools that are so good at distracting people that uh, you know that, that are in your 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 camp there um, th- they've they've got a system for getting stuff past you
4: Well, I understand where your viewpoint is, but um can I ask you this? Sure. Um, if we if we were to take the United States flag um, and take it over to China, do you think they would let us put it up above their uh, government over
2: there? I don't care what the Red Chinese would do. Don't you understand? I don't care. It's not an us-and-them mentality to, for me. I think the Red Chinese, by and large, most of those people in that country are good folks that want to provide a good service. And if they can do it you know, to people over here in the United States, they want to get some money, that they're on our side, that they're good people. I, a, I think that the biggest problem, likely, are the people that are in the governments of the Red China uh, and, the US. Uh, and, uh, and the United States governments getting in the way and extracting and leeching off of good people trying to do business with each other. Each
0: other. Scott, i got a question for you. Since you brought up the issue of the one-child policy over in China, I'm curious, what is, it, what is your understanding of what will happen to a couple if they are caught having more than one child?
4: Oh, over in China the 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 babies killed then. See, Mark, what charging, did I tell you during the break? That's exactly the, the that's
0: exactly the story that I'd heard. I had heard the rumors that all the uh, you know, the party officials will come by and execute your child in front of you if who, you have more Who kills than one. the
2: child, Scott? The government does. No, they don't. Okay, Um, the the, the fact is...
4: They passed a law over there for them that they're only allowed one child.
2: Okay, the policy is enforced at the provincial level through fines that are imposed based on the income of the family and other factors. Population and family planning commissions exist at every level of government to raise awareness about the issue and carry out registration inspection work. So they have a very arduous, terrible policy that will fine a family for having um, an additional child... But they don't kill the baby.
0: That doesn't make it right. That I mean, we're not defending wrong, their policy here. But, but the story is blown up out of proportion. There are all kinds of nasty rumors about the Chinese that fly around out there that just don't have a. Uh, they just don't have truth to them. Now that's not to say that such a thing hasn't happened. Maybe there has been some you know party official that went off uh, half cocked and killed someone's kid in front of him. I mean, there's no way to say that that hasn't ever happened. More likely, but it's you've not got the
2: policy. Female infanticide because people want to have a male child and they actually kill their own baby. Maybe.
0: Scott, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Not to
2: mention, during the uh, the, the you know the communist revol- revolution over there, people were so in- entirely impoverished that there was a story of a uh, basketball player from uh, China was telling stories about how families were eating their children. They didn't want to eat their own children, so they'd trade children with other families oh, and, and execute them and you know kill them and eat them. That's how bad the famine was. It's a horrible, horrible story. I can only imagine it's true. This guy said so. I mean, obviously, it's, uh, it's hearsay, but gosh, it was certainly convincing hearsay. Uh, I think it was at Reason. If you uh, go to Reason.tv, I think they've got, uh, you'll, you'll be able to find it. China, you know, search China or
0: something. I hope that someday people like Scott can come to the conclusion that people are just people. That they're just human beings, and their s smells as much as yours does, wherever right. it is that it's you are It's a heck of born. a lot
2: easier, and this is what Jesus said. It's a heck of a lot easier to point out the moat in your neighbor's eye mm. than it is to look at the plank in your own. Scott, oh, yeah. there are some big problems over in China. China is, you know, its government is a terrible, awful one that enslaves its people, and so is ours. You know what? That You brought up the issue. Ours so- is better. But it sure ain't great, and we can sure do a heck of a lot more. I according to know. the according to the statistics,
0: okay, yeah, it, there's a little there's more economic freedom in the United States than there is in China, the mainland. But the same Chinese government is also in charge of Hong Kong, and they've pretty much left them untouched since they took over from the British back in the late 1990s. Good Hong point. Kong beats the pants off the United States year after year uh, in
2: the economic freedom of the world rankings. So. Eh, also, if you point, if you take a look, the uh, the fact is most people in China aren't affected by income taxes and things like that simply yeah. because they're below the radar, and the the Chinese government doesn't have the infrastructure to collect these. Things. And there's more there's more freedom now. Our government now- is much more across the board. Uh, you know, it's it's it, the rules are fairer. However, the rules are enforced on everyone. So- there's more
0: property freedom and and freedom in general economically now in China than there was twenty or thirty years ago. Right. So they're moving
2: they're- in the right direction. We're moving towards tyranny. And- and I'd like and to point it, out, it's that, just a bl- red team, blue team bullcrap again, right? I'd, I'd also like to point out a lot. It's real easy
0: to make fun of uh, the the Chinese or the North Koreans or whatever for having some sort of dear leader, you know, this great leader Kim Jong Il mm-hmm. or the Cubans with Castro. But the United States, instead of worshiping a leader, and there's some of it for the president. And let's be clear, there is definitely some of that hero worship kind of thing going on. But in the United
2: States, people get up and they put their hands over their hearts and they pledge worship to an, an inanimate object to the flag. Um, <laughs> one thing you need to ask yourself if you're, uh, you know, like Scott, one of these big, uh, you know, God, guts and guns kind of uh, folks. What does um, what, what the British uh, Pledge of Allegiance to the flag sound like? How about the Australian? Australian, Canadian, any of these. There isn't one. Nowhere. In the world. The United States of America is the only country where they stand up and they pledge allegiance to the flag a pledge
0: that was written by a national socialist. Let's go to Ryan in Indiana. Ryan, you've got twenty seconds. Last words. Go ahead. Uh,
9: I didn't even really know who was Joe Alex on, so uh, I got us off to number off the Alex Jones show.
0: Okay, well, thanks for the call. Maybe call us another time. We can talk about whatever the hell. Uh, It's Vinny in here with you. And Mark. (laughs) Because that's what happens on Free Talk Live. You can call in and you can bring up whatever you want. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com. Attention,
8: all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military.